0: Mayfest 2023 celebrating the caregiver featuring talents of some of the best performers in the community. Sunday, May 7, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Carson Civic Center. See you there. When buying or selling your home, call Leo Bato. He has years of experience in real estate, showing honesty and integrity in every transaction. He's a person you can definitely trust. So book your appointment with Leo Bato today by giving him a call at 818-648-4837 or by visiting him on the web at www.leobato.wealtor. Rejuvenate your smile with Dr. Lourdes Capalong's comprehensive range of dental solutions. Along with general dentistry, Dr. Capalong specializes in cosmetic dentistry, including teeth whitening, bonding, dental veneers, and surgical crowns. Whether it's urgent care or preventive treatment, she'll take care of you and your smile. To schedule an appointment, call the clinic at area code 323-257-7582.
1: Visit abbaeservices.com for fast medical transcription service. This podcast episode is brought to you by AB Music Creative.
0: And the podcast will begin in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, he's going to hate this when I say this. But ladies and gentlemen, mover and shaker, Mr. Ted Benito! You know, I told
1: you, the only moving and shaking that moves is my fat. So we have to... We have but to, I appreciate the introduction. No, I'm, but
0: it's it's nice to have you finally after decades. <laughs> the last time I saw you was what? Um, more than a decade ago? No. Yeah. 22 decades. Is it? Has it been? No, no. Well...
1: The first time I saw we met. Yeah, the it was first time de- we met two decades ago was at a fundraiser. Yes, that uh, mm. you guys did. The Intervoice did um, mm. for ABCBN Foundation. Yes, uh, the yeah. Leyte landslide. It was a landslide. Mm. It was a big, massive landslide in Leyte, and Martin Navera was the headliner, and you got to play with Mega Yesa.
0: Mega Yesa, who ended up being my friend too.
1: Um, and I just remembered, yeah. <laughs> you came off the stage with your arms, oh, oh like. What, what, what happened? He goes, I, I, I can't play. I can't feel my arms because yes. you were playing that queen
0: song. But, but, and but you know To your point, there's a difference playing drums and actually getting into character playing drums. Correct. Because when you're playing behind Megayesa, <laughs> you can't just be sitting down and mm. using your wrists. Everything has to move, right? And, and you being the mover the and shaker of that event, I mean, I had to perform for you also. Well, for the, it was a, yeah. That's
1: everybody about yeah. their A-game, so you guys had to be on yes. this. yeah.
0: Speaking of A-game, what you've been doing to the community ever since the beginning has been uplifting the, the Filipino community. It, well,
1: okay. So this is what my mission vision
0: is. When did you start this mission vision? Um, How old were you?
1: <laughs> it was after college. What uh, made you? I was working in a law firm, mm. and I had, all, I had lost touch with the community. I had lost touch with the creative side. Because I, when I went to UCLA, I, I went to UCLA, and there is something there that all the universities do called PCN, Filipino Cultural Night. It's when the Filipino groups on various campuses present Filipino culture. And I had the opportunity to write one along with uh, a bunch of other people that were students as well, and we presented our cultural night. And I, I miss that creativity. I miss the process. I, mer- I miss working and collaborating with other creatives, right? So when the when the time came about for me to start getting into the community, I started from the community work. I started back into doing fundraisers for. Philippine American mm-hmm. Library, for the Asian American Studies Program. But UCLA. you were still in a
0: law firm during I was
1: then, still was working that? in a law firm, yeah. And but my, but
0: uh, um, excuse me. My question is, okay, to, to, to set it all up, you yeah. were you were born and raised here.
1: Born and bred Angelina. Okay. Yeah. My mom was uh, from Pangasinan. Oh, uh, which,
0: part, which part of Pangasinan?
1: So she was born in San Fabian. So
0: Pangalatok. She spoke Pangal- Pangal- She or,
1: spoke Pangalatok. Yeah. Yeah, so she's from a family of like... Eight, eight or nine, I don't know. Oh brothers and sisters that, that she had, but um, my Lolo was the provincial treasurer during World mm-hmm. War 2 so they would travel. So she grew up, she was born in San Fabian, but she grew up in Urdaneta, right, Lingayen, the out, Gupen, yeah. the whole thing. Dad is from Lawag Okay. Ilocano. Um, hey, of course. You speak so i speak FB. I only speak the bad words. Oh. a bit more. Okay, I'm not even gonna touch that <laughs> one. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we do have a swear yeah. thing here where I have to put money every time I, I cuss, either in Tagalog, English, or Ilocano. So, okay, like uneta, that's 25 cents. <laughs> stu- oh. Okay, anyway. So, they met here. So, my, my dad my, my dad was a mono. He oh, yeah. was born in 1912, and he came here as part of the first wave of Philippine immigrants in right. the 1930s. So, um, and he, he joined his brother here. So, they met. And I was born long before everybody else. I was born watching this podcast, and so I was born and raised in, in
0: Los Angeles. Some question now to set it all up, no? Um, in your in your household, hmm. was Filipino culture prevalent, or were you were they trying to assimilate you by erasing whatever cultural um, processes they had from the Philippines?
1: Yes and no, and you have to define what what culture means. Because as a Filipino American born here, our first identity is that of being or being raised as an American. Yes. So, foods, traditions, cultures, the whole thing—it's it's very non filipino Yeah. Having said that, though, I don't know what I didn't know what being a Filipino Resp- meant. Okay. Growing up, because it was not something that was separate from who I was. It was something that. I carried, but I just didn't know what that means. Aside from the fact that I had a gazillion aunts and uncles. That's one. You know, aside from the fact that my dad cooked delicious, you know, adobo and, and, and pusit and all that stuff, and pinakbet, you know, so. Ooh, aside from the pinakbet. fact that, you know, mom wore the ternos and all uh-huh. that stuff, I didn't know what being Filipino really
0: respect meant. Respect was implied and expected. Of course. Yes. Dito kasi sa American culture, respect is earned. Hmm, okay. Atin, hinde, diba? You're supposed to respect even the bad uncle. Correct. Tama which, om,
1: which now in my old age is every so often for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: Like, yes. like you cannot answer back. That mm-hmm. culture, that Filipino
1: culture. Right. You had to Manopo. Manopo.
0: Um. Wala um, kang bosses. No,
1: everybody technical. was, you had to, you know, the. Yeah, everybody brought food home because your yeah. parents were, you know, they had to. Yes. everybody was expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas traditions, the, the food, buenas, yeah. the, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, did,
0: you, did you grow up? Did you grow up with that?
1: A little bit here and there, uh-huh. and I, but I didn't appreciate. The extent of what that actually meant to me as a Filipino American until in college, until I was in college. So it
0: was it was in college, kung sa ka exposed because of the whole community thing. pala.
1: So in college, um, there was a one of our pioneers. His name was Uncle Roy Morales, and he taught the first Filipino American Studies class at UCLA, which I was a part of. I took that. And mo- my mom had known Uncle Roy. We actually call him Uncle Roy uh, for quite some time because they were in, working in the community, um, and. One of the first or early lessons that Uncle Roy taught us was about the waves of immigration. And when he started talking about the Manongs, the first, the first wave was to Hawaii. Yeah. Um, but the, when he started talking about the Manongs in the 19, late 1920s and 30s coming here, I'm like, wait a minute, that's dad. That's my dad. And I was like, so I started reading Carlos Bulasan you know, yeah. America's in the heart. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a dad's story. And to the point where I asked dad, I said, hey, you know, there's this author that we're reading. His name is Carlos Bulosan. I was like, uh, yeah, I think I, met, <laughs> I think I met him. We were on a train together. We went to the Central Coast. So everybody was working, uh, uh, the migrants were uh, working yeah. in the, the, yeah. the fields and oh. stuff like that. So that, that was my, I, I didn't appreciate that. that was my dad's story, which he never talked about until I asked him. He never would talk about his history of immigrating here of working in the fields of work he worked the canneries of alaska he was a house boy he was a a chauffeur for a rich family in beverly hills you know after the war and stuff like that so he never talked about that until i prodded him to do that when
0: you when you prodded him to do that was he willing? did he willingly talk
1: some of it yeah some of it was I could tell there was a hesitation. Mm-hmm. I could tell there was sort of a limitation to what he would or wouldn't discuss with me and I respected that. Okay. Right. Mom on the other hand was like, I, you know, my came from <laughs> a family of 10. We're all <laughs> professionals. We all went to college blah blah blah. I mean, she's on she's from another generation, the second wave, the, the professionals. The first wave yeah. of professionals in the 1960s. That's when she came. So, her experiences are complete, you know, completely different and stuff. So, it was it was interesting to appreciate that um, if, I, if I divorced myself and, and saw that relationship with the, my parents, the history that my parents had and the relationship that brought them together and then to raise me. So I, I, I missed that longing, belonging, um, identification to the community after I graduated because I started, had to work because I was right. helping support them. I'm the only child. So I you know, I had to support them. Yun so, pa,
0: no only child. Hindi mo tinanong sa mami mo, wait, eight, eight kayong siblings, you have eight yeah. siblings. Why, why am I the only child?
1: So, yeah, so mom had eight or nine. I forget. Uh-huh. Dad came from family of six or seven.
0: So, what happened? PTSD I, on both sides? You
1: want, no, I think, I think the, the, the story that my mom said is, because your dad's sperm is too old. <laughs> oh my God, I just said that on <laughs> Punya to open
0: Okay. okay. Oh, so now you're in, You're working for a law firm
1: Yeah Because I wanted to be a lawyer So I wanted to I, I was working I, I tried to I wanted to see test the waters What does a lawyer do? How do they act? Right. Oh man So I got I got recruited to a law firm As a law clerk Legal assistant yeah. Right yeah. And I've seen the way that the lawyers Were treating the associates the I'm like I'm not doing that I'm not getting yelled at Or going after Imagine
0: a yeah. lawyer guy. You're not partner Right You're right. just an associate Right you're, so, like, you're like the water boy.
1: Right. So I ended up being a paralegal. Oh, okay. so yeah. And it was great because the firm paid for my paralegal right. studies and everything, which is actually better because we know, the way I put it is, we know the practice, the lawyers know the theory. Because back then, yes. I mean, laws changed. It's like, they didn't know how to file documents at the court. Mm. They don't know right. how they do, you know, do, do witness preparation for, I mean, that's what we do. And that's what I'd love to do is the organization.
0: They roll up your sleeves. Roll the sleeves, uh, get
1: dirty. And that played a lot in shaping my work ethic right so so here you have me working 90 hour weeks right divorced from the community and somebody said to me one day i need help with the filipino veterans wow i said wait (laughs) excuse me what what you know what was this so the gentleman that asked me was a guy by the name of fritz friedman Fritz Friedman at the time was the Senior Vice President of Worldwide Distribution for Sony Pictures, Columbia TriStar, um, Columbia TriStar Watch Pictures. And I had met him when I was at UCLA. Um, and he said, I would like to put on a gala, a concert for the Filipino American veterans. And I don't know if you're, the people know, but there was a, there's been an issue with yeah. the benefits that the Filipino yeah. vet- veterans have been not getting yes. from the
0: U.S. But wait, for, for Mr. Friedman, what was the catalyst of the epiphany that brought him to me? Yeah,
1: a friend of a friend recommended me. A friend saw me. I, I had done a dinner for the UCLA Asian American Studies, and they liked the way it was run. They liked the organization. They liked, you know, I
0: didn't. So waste on the time. side, you were doing events already. Not yet. Not,
1: Not yet. yet. This until this first event. <laughs> wow. So I and this so this is a funny story. So Fritz said, so Fritz said to me, he goes well. I need you to call these entertainers because I want them to perform for me. I'm like, um, okay. And then what else do you want me to do? We'll just set up the whole thing and I'll do it. I'm like, okay. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I figured, okay, this is not, you know, graduate work stuff. Anybody in their drink? So I, I call, so he gave me the names of three people to call that he wants to perform at this, this gala. Who
0: you still remember the names?
1: Of course. So and I had known none of them, right? So the first name was Jennifer Paz. Oh, I'll Jennifer Paz, Miss like, uh, Paz, Oh mm. on. Could you perform for Fritz Friedman? He's doing this. Guy. Yeah, no problem. The second one was the guy by the name of Paolo Montalban Paolo Montalban and I said, Bano, right? uh, Mr. Montalban you know, I didn't know that they were like younger than me, right? Um, Mr. Friedman wants you to perform this this event gala on. So they know
0: that they knew. Excuse me, they knew that Mr. Friedman, Friedman? was from Sony TriStar. So oh yeah. yeah. So Apparently, if Mr. Friedman said,
1: "Come do this," mm-hmm. you better do it. Okay. And the last person was Alec Mappa. Okay. And I said, Mr. Mapa, you know, so can you perform? And he said, yeah. So I didn't know who these... Okay. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm like, Fritz, who are these people? Well, Jennifer just did Miss Saigon. She just finished yes. the national tour the first... Uh, uh, like, oh, Jennifer really? Paz, like, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. And you know, Powell, you saw him on TV. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, he was in Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. I'm like, oh, that's the... Yeah, <laughs> that's the prince. He played the prince, and uh, and Alec Mapa. He just got through with the national tour of M Butterfly. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I, I'm like, uh, you do, I, and I'm like, I have no clue. I no entertainment background <clears throat> whatsoever. Okay, let's let's,
0: let's uh, dissect that mindset. Had you had you did this, you trusted a guy who told you to do this, and you did it without question, and you did it to the best of your ability without knowledge of who these people were.
1: Correct. Sounds familiar. Um,
0: right. <laughs> had you known? <laughs> had you known, would it have changed the way you approached things? I yes. Because yeah, there was no intimidation when when you called them, you were not intimidated at all. I did.
1: I didn't have a. He gave me their phone numbers. He yeah. Could call these people. That's I have no time to deal with them. Blah blah blah. Set mm. them up. I'm like, okay. So I had to arrange for the flights and the. You know, I'm like. Okay, so that happened, right? Then the next year, Fritz said, "Well, I."
0: No, no, no. Let's uh, let's not forward to the next year. Oh, okay. How so did you- that make you feel when finally you were you were making it happen, and now oh goosebumps! So and now it's happening. It, I it, want.
1: It didn't matter how I felt. It mattered what we could do for the veterans. For right. The ca- so the but cause. But but
0: while it was happening, something was going through your head. It, it, nothing like, shoot i can do this when did that epiphany happen
1: after the event Ah. when fritz said we made this money fudge and we're gonna give it to the veterans you know and we're gonna that's what mattered to me i didn't care if you brought elizabeth taylor you know mainstream i didn't care about. but you didn't care that
0: you made that event run
1: no what mattered to me was the end product if the goal was to raise money Mm. for the veterans which he did I think his, I think at that time, the organization was called Assembly for Justice. And he was working, Fritz was working with legislators in the U.S. I mean, he brought Lou Diamond Phillips to testify before the U.S. Senate about wow. the Filipino veteran. You can read his, you can Google and you wow. can read what he testified on. That was what mattered. It didn't matter because what if they what if one said no? What if one, you know, had yeah. to get, I had to find somebody else. That, that's fine. That, they're just part of the story of the end goal, which was to make money so for the vets.
0: Okay. Because I know you're, you're a very meticulous person. Couldn't help but give you this hypo- hypothetical. Mm. So if... Oh, God. We don't have time for that. Okay. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so if your pre-production staff messes up with the light, the projector, the presentation, the slideshow, but you're still able to raise the money that you need to raise, you're fine with that.
1: Okay, you're you're, you're 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 putting conditions <laughs> on, the, on the on the production. One, you're you're, I you're, you're assuming that that mistakes will happen, or yes. that something will, and some inevitably they do. And I know however, also, I
0: know also, you're kind of perfectionist when it comes to your production. However,
1: <laughs> however, <laughs> under my watch, yes. I try to minimize that. I <laughs> minima- I mean? Minimize that, or try not to make that happen. Because okay, here's the thing. Okay,
0: because you, because if that happens, that jar will be filled with your money. Because I'll hear all the punyatas and all that yeah. stuff that happens. Yeah, you're okay.
1: if if somebody if, if there's a goal in mind, whether the, okay, I will do everything to help that person or reach that goal. Right. So if Fritz's goal was, okay, I want to raise $10,000 for fil- veterans. And if these people, these artists can help because the community knows who they are, stupid me, I didn't know who these people were. right? <laughs> if these people can help in that goal, fine. Okay, I'll give them whatever they want. Yes. If it's a live band, if it's a good sound system, if it's, you know, a, a teleprompter, yes. whatever, I'll help them. I'll even I'll write the script. I'll yes. you know, line up the guests, but like, you just sell the tickets. Yes. And that's what happened.
0: And then, during the event, Luigi messes up with the sound system. Your intro voice messes up with the, everything, but you still raise the $10,000. Yes, because... No, what, the, how, would that, how, how would that make you feel? It's fine. Okay, it's fine. B- because
1: of the goal. Okay. If the goal was, okay, I'm going to present the intro voice,
0: uh, and
1: they better not F up, right? Then it, that's, okay. But if that's the goal, then you better not F up. Right. Right, But if the goal is, I'm going to present the inner voice to raise money for the late landslide, okay, then people know more right. that there's a bigger... Yes, there's a and bigger, if that
0: bigger goal is met, you really don't care what the production...
1: No, I didn't say that. You're <laughs> saying that. I said I tried to minimize mistakes, Puneta. <laughs> and so that doesn't... <laughs> rewind is that <laughs> not what I just said I said no yeah, got it, it got
0: it, it. So, okay so the year year two Mr. Fried uh, uh, you, you were still working with Mr. Fried I was still know.
1: working with, with Fritz and uh, he said okay I have a bigger project i have putting up the Philippine American Library
0: and you're still with the law firm
1: I'm still working at the law firm mm. right. working working with the Philippine American Library and what he, that basically was there was another uh, pioneer in our community named Auntie Helen Brown who now, sadly passed
0: inside was it was it ex- what was exciting you? This episode is brought to you by Leo Bato and Associates, ang realtor na pato. What was exciting was the
1: opportunity. opportunity. When somebody like a Fritz Friedman knocks on your door, without any prompt whatsoever, you know? Because he at the time, Fritz was involved with, uh, he was promoting Filipino-American actors and acts. Like he had, you know, the phone number of Lou Diamond Phillips and Tia Carrer and... there was a group named pinai and and, um other people that he was promoting actively promoting and he was one only the only one in the industry at the time at that level senior vice president worldwide distribution yeah you know columbia doing doing that and he was connecting legislatures and community leaders and people with these people in the entertainment business that's an opportunity that you don't say no to
0: did you ask how, how much am i making
1: no I didn't I See, never, I've never please, asked please, about please that Please
0: tell our audience Because there are people When they would come to me And ask me um, They never got back to me My question is Did you ask them Did you give them a, a rate? Nope Because other people Would do that right? If I say yep. Oh can you do this right? Yeah uh, How much are you going to pay me? Bam it's, it's not that it's bad To ask that question But sometimes you have to Look at the opportunity Versus What's the goal mm.
1: Right so the goal was to raise money for the Philippine American Library, which was a catalog of what Auntie Helen had put t- pulled together. News clippings, Damn. paper, you know, uh, uh, magazines, all of which was archived um, in the library. You know, we had books, we had CDs, you know, rare collections. Anyways, that was the goal of the library
0: back then. Year two, then. huh?
1: This is the second or third year that uh-huh. for me. And I. so he had an annual gala, the Philippine American Library Gala, which we did every year at the Biltmore. So one year he brought in Lou Diamond Phillips. That's where I first met Lou next year. He brought in Tia Carrere. next year. It was, I think the last year we did, it was Apple. The app was the honorary. So that's where I first met Apple. Right. And so having the chance to be able to put on a gala, a fundraiser that means a lot to the community or that meant a lot to the committee at the time, but also have it, having it being quote unquote, endorsed by these celebrities. It was amazing. So what it year did
0: what year did you feel that this was getting to be constant and real?
1: What year? You mean my fun
0: rate of doing it. Because okay, Clark Kent I Superman. Did. Clark Kent, Superman. Clark Kent <laughs> is <laughs> paralegal. Superman. Right? Can yes, me? Yes. Superman I, is I doing
1: I, I'm leading up to how I got to do this on as a side gig, right? So the the one of the years that I uh produced the gala for the Filipino for the library I had Jennifer uh, Jennifer Paz uh, Jennifer yeah. Paz as my, Fritz said go get her again we like her like, and everybody knew and by she, this
0: time you guys are and she had
1: just did Flower Drum Song yeah. at the Amundsen with Jose Lana um, and uh, this is again where my stupidity comes in I said you know we did the gala and I said I'm going to take her out to dinner just to thank her and during the course of dinner she said I heard you want to become a producer I'm like what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> what is that is that a disease what is it what does that what does that mean i'm like um i go what did fritz tell you because she and fritz were were very close friends at the time well she's he said that you want to produce something like either a show or a musical i'm like um she goes okay there's this song cycle uh some music by wonderful new composer by the name of jason robert brown that i want you to to hear just get the cd listen to it and the name of the show is called songs for a new world and basically it's a it's a it's a song cycle it's like 18 or 19 songs written by jason robert brown that are tied together by the theme what does one person do in a moment whether your back's against the wall nice. whether you know you you feel something for somebody else where you have to make decisions that affect not only your life but other lives as well it was beautifully written right and, and Jennifer said, "Well, I want to do that. I want to be able to uh, to play that in L.A. because L.A. It's never played it here in, before in L.A." Was,
0: let me let me let me see if I got this. It's a it's a CD with 18 songs, yeah. all tied in together Correct. to a theme of what are your what what are you going to do X at this moment. At in this time. moment in time, mm-hmm. right? There's there's nothing except a CD of Correct. 18 songs. Okay, go. Okay. Damn.
1: So after the dinner, I was with my two friends. One was, got up by the name of Ed, and the other one was Rex. And we were walking around outside after uh, close to Jennifer's um, place. And I was just asking them, guys, what do I do? She just asked me to produce something. You know, and literally Ed was on my left as the bad angel and Rex was on my right as the good angel. And they were like, you know, Rex was like, you have to do it, it's Jennifer Ponson, blah, blah, blah. Uh blah. And Ed was like, no, don't do it. You never had any producing experience before, blah, blah, blah. And what they meant was it was gonna be a a play. It was gonna be an actor's equity play. I would have to do casting. I would have to find a venue. I'd have to find a professional director, choreographer, blah, 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 Everything. The whole kit and caboodle. And Jennifer said, well, there's this director that I want to work with. He's Filipino. He's been directing for about 10 years now. His name is John Lawrence Rivera. Okay. John Lawrence has a, a company called Playwrights Arena, right? So I called him. This is 2000 and, um, 2003, I think, at the, the November, December, around that time, because the gala was in October. Yeah, so um, towards the end of 2003, I met John with Jennifer, and... A week later, John says, okay, I have LATC. It's, here's the budget. I, we need to get a, choreogra- a choreographer. You have to learn equity, the rules of equi- uh, actors' equity. Boom, 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 boom. And I said, okay, I'm in. So I produced the LA premiere of Songs for a New World by Jason Robert Brown in 2004.
0: Who wrote the script?
1: There's no script. It's just songs.
0: All songs. But but who brings one song to the next song?
1: So the way it works, the way that... And this is... so. John got a choreographer by the name of <clears throat> Kay Cole. Okay. Kay. Cole was in the original cast of A Chorus Line on Broadway mm. with Michael Bennett. So I had John Lawrence Rivera, I had Kay mm. Cole, and then she what they did was they turned a theater in LATC into a coffee shop. Wow. 99 seats. Cause that's, what's allotted by actors' equity, right? 99 seat audience. And the actors were dispersed throughout the audience and they would just sing unbeknownst to the audience members that's sitting next to them. <laughs> I, it was, it was a trip. It was a, it was a trip and it, we ran the run. It was a four week run. We extended it another four weeks and sold out. So you're going to love this. I'm, I'm at the, so I was working at the law firm yeah. at this time. Right. I would drive from, um, Palmdale. That's where you lived? No, I lived oh. in Marina Del Rey. I would drive every morning to Palmdale to work. I would drive to the theater from Palmdale in, in, in downtown LA after work. I would do the box office, you know, and so I was doing the box office one day and this woman came up and she was like, I'd like two tickets, please. I'm like, sure. I look up. I'm like, oh my God. Who was it? Carol Lawrence. Carol Lawrence would play the original Maria in West Side, uh, West Side Story. West Side, yeah. The, the, the wife of Robert Goulet. She goes, this is my son, Christopher Goulet. I'm like, Oh my God! Are you? Oh. And then another time, towards the end of the run, and the band was so pissed at me. So,
0: Mr. Producer is also matting the box office. I, okay.
1: Yeah, I was doing everything all at once. Right? It was so funny because Mom was my—I I gave my phone number, and Mom would answer, and she would mess up the orders. I'm like, Mom, this credit card is missing two digits. I can't charge. Well, then call the person and I, I'll give you. I'm like, oh my God. Anyways, the towards the end of the run, this it was probably the last two or three shows my co sister brought her boyfriend in to come at the time
0: okay your co-worker's sister okay brought in and so i'm looking Who's up boyfriend
1: like, jeff lynn jeff what <laughs> and they're like i'm like that's jeff lynn from electric like orchestra like that's yeah. like the eighth richest musician in <laughs> like that that he's watching my sh- he's like yeah. watching my show yeah and so i didn't tell the band because I needed the, and they were so upset with me after the, like, what yeah Jeff you, you had know. Jeff Lynn in, in the audience like yeah so That's a mover
0: and shaker right there. That
1: was a mover and shaker. So that was my foray so into producing. I was literally baptized by fire as an impresario into theatrical productions. And then so from then it's like okay so then uh, no, no, we, I want to
0: know what happened after that. Like, after what? After the run, because it, it it went on for more than four oh, weeks.
1: It went on for six. It went on for eight weeks. Okay, eight weeks. Yeah, so, what
0: what did your boss at work say? He didn't know. Damn, damn. Talk, he didn't about, know. talk about <laughs> moonlighting. Okay. But he never
1: knew. The only people, people that knew were your, other staff members that I invited, yeah, my yeah. coworkers, and they loved it. They, they thought it was an, it was so interesting to have. It was a it was theater in the round.
0: But how how did it make you feel now?
1: It. Uh, Two things. One, I at that time thought I had found my calling as a producer because this theory or my vision started to come into focus a little bit. And um, so the next go around, that's when my that's when I really my vision Wait about the, what next I do. Around, the next go around, which meant
0: yeah. Ed and Rex were still whispering in your ear. No, going, I Ah-ha.
1: I was done with both angels. And I said I'm, I'm going to take the bull by the horns and do the next the next thing. How does it
0: feel to take the bull by the horns? Meaning
1: liberating, but it also gave me trepidation because I still didn't know.
0: Scary? Is it liberating or just
1: both? Well, it's everything. It's okay. it's empowering. It's scary. It's liberating. It's fulfilling. Because it, because I saw it not again. It's not about me. It's about the experience that I'm giving the audience. It's about the experience that the actors are providing. Right. In the situation, it's about the music that is so well composed and so well played by their our band. That's what mattered. Okay? Wasn't it again. It's not about me. It's never always been. It's never been about me.
0: Right. But then the fulfillment right. is what you're taking in. Correct. That's what's yours. Right. right? right.
1: So, so let's go on. You want the rest of the story? Yeah. Think, okay. So the second, or the, okay, before the <laughs> second production, Joel Jacinto, um, I don't know if you know Joel, but he, at the time he was the executive director of SIPA, so to Involved Philippine Americans. It's one of our oldest CBO yes. community based organizations. He said, um, um, Can you help me with the show? We're doing a gala. I said, Yeah. No, I did it for a Philippine American Library. You know, like, who do you have lined up? He go Well, that's for you to figure out but we do have we but we do have a couple of people that we've already invited I'm like really who I said um he goes there's a woman singer by the name of Lani Lucha. I'm like I've heard that name I think yeah then we got Melody Boutieu, um Paola Montalban oh yeah and Leia's coming she's gonna make her uh, like (laughs) (laughs) what you actually got Leia Salonga to Come to a SIPA dinner and, and sing as a fundraiser? Yeah, she's she's coming. So you just take care of the, the talent Ted and you know bring him in and do the show and, and we'll do the dinner and work around. So that was the first time I met Leia. And the second time I met Paolo and the first time I met Lonnie was And Melody. I, I and Melody, but I oh, shout I out Melody. Melody.
0: We love Melody. <laughs> Who doesn't love Melody? I know, right? Come on. Um, and then what happened?
1: We did the show, everybody was great. They made SIPA raise money like they've never done before in their life and it was all good again. you not know, speaking of Sipa. Speaking yeah.
0: of Sipa, um, the Black Eyed Peas would before they became big would do Sipa, right?
1: That was their playground. If you went to the Hollywood Bowl concert that I produced yeah. with with Apple, um, Will I Am gets on the <coughs> microphone and says, "We would not be here if not for Sipa." I heard that. Um, and we're, and the audience was like, <sighs> you know, because. Um, I think Will and Apple went to I think it's Marshall. Oh I think it went to Marshall. I think I've, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but um they would they would practice. They would dance at SIPA with the other kids. <laughs> um and they would, you know, hip hop and all that stuff and that was that's the seed of the Black Eyed Peas.
0: Nice, no? To come from the Filipino community right. to have
1: that be acknowledged at the Hollywood Bowl on stage by Will, I am. The, I
0: mean, that shows a lot, a, a lot of character also from from the piece themselves. No? they know they know how to look back to their roots. And
1: we'll get we'll get to okay. Apple. We'll get that. Okay. we we'll
0: get to Apple. So going okay. So now finish the Leia, melody, Paulo.
1: So that was a that uh, was a Sipa Gala. So okay. after that, Joel comes. to... Joel. see again. This is what I call the law of affectivity. It's like one person affects the way you. It, but then You're again, enjoying. again,
0: this also speaks highly about your work ethics.
1: Yeah, I try. I, I only try.
0: That's the best we can do, right? Is we can
1: try. Our yeah. very best to... Okay, so Joelle comes to me and says, we want to do something to launch our new space at SIPA. I said, what do you want to do? She he goes, can we do a play? Huh. So I just finished working with John Lawrence uh, Rivera on Songs for New Worlds, and John had an idea about doing a Shakespearean drama, but it was a Filipino. It was going to be set in Manila. I like that. Joelle says, no, 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 no. We want dog eaters i'm like jessica hagedorn the play i mean because i read that in in college right right? right. i'm like jessica hagedorn wrote a book called dog eaters and then she wrote a play based on the book yeah based on emilda and that whole experience of the night i'm like how I was thinking, okay, we have to get the rights. We have to do the casting. We have to, oh yeah, the whole So
0: logistics, thing. God, you were thinking logistics right away. Oh, of course. I'm like, how are we going to, you know,
1: first you have to, So knock on wood, John was flying to New York for some other thing. He goes, I can meet with Jessica. I'm like, are you serious? Like, so we got the LA premiere of dog eaters by Jessica Hagedorn, right? And so the cast was 22 people
0: who were in the cast.
1: Dom Maguili oh Fran De Leon, Giovanni Ortega I mean there's Everybody and you, were, any you, were, you
0: were credited As producer Co-producer,
1: Co-producer Along producer. with Zipa Right The best thing That happened Was that Diane Rodriguez From CTG Saw the play Four times She's the one That brought it To the um, Kirk Douglas Theatre Under CTG In Culver City So And um, it ran again For another four weeks
0: Remember we were Talking about Fate F-A-T-E A while ago mm-hmm. Right the, while, while opportunities were presenting themselves in front of you mm-hmm. I really want to know what's going through your head kasi <sighs> hey, you can't you can't do this aimlessly eh? remember one person prime mover natin dito si Fritz touched you talagang she just basically threw you a bone and what you did with that bone germinated into everybody benefiting from where you are now Toto yun eh but what was going through um, your head at that time because based on the story we're critical mass mo eh. but then again people have been going to you oh he's the go-to person Ted Benito's the I don't know person.
1: how to I don't know why they say that because I'm only one of a, a dozen other producers and directors in town all equally capable of doing the exact same thing I don't know why and, uh, um, so what was going through my head at the time um, a lot of things what the hell oh. am I doing why the F are you doing this in the first place? What's my place? boss gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> how are you not, you know, I, I so because I was a co-producer, I was the one putting in my own money to finance the right. production. I'm like, how, how, is this, how long is this gonna last? Where is this going?
0: Time out. And yeah. while all of these were happening, your lawyers and your partners and associates were asking, what happened to the paperwork of so and so no, and so? All done. See, you, you done. were able to do all of those stuff.
1: Uh, this is my night. This is my this is my gig. This is becoming my the best description I say to people when they say it is my job fills my pocketbook. Okay, my wallet. directing and producing and helping the community fills my soul. Amen. There's a big difference. Big Amen. difference. Right. So okay, go. So, <laughs> so we did dog eaters. And then I, I, I a bunch of things happened. Um, I started doing concerts.
0: How did that happen,
1: um, brain fart? Well, the we first concert was ABS-CBN. At the okay. time, it was, I was on the ABS-CBN Foundation International Board of Directors. Mm-hmm. I was asked to do that, that's why. I don't know how we, we, we got you, but okay, so Martin was the headliner, we had all these other say. I thought you were going to say,
0: I don't even know why we got you. <laughs>
1: uh, yet, oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know how we got you, but Cher Cal, we got Cher share- I mean, it was like the first time I worked with Cher, right? Okay. So I was doing, I started doing concerts and I started doing other things and stuff. You ha- you've trashed my bio, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then one day out of the blue, I, I somebody called me and said, hey, Apple's doing something at the Hollywood Bowl. I'm like, he is? I mean, as Apple or as the Black Eyed Peas? I'm like, I know, I think it's Apple. And so you guys
0: didn't know each other personally at this we time? had
1: We had met at uh-huh. the gala, the library gala. And I said, I, so I called my contact and I said, um, she had no she my contact no longer was working for apple she was his sort of day-to-day manager managed kind of his stuff and she had given me the number to another guy um, vince uh, well his name was no this guy's name was audi audi, okay. Ver, audi vergara okay, so okay. i called audie and said hey i hear apple needs help with i mean you're doing this concert at the black guy with the, at the hollywood bowl with apple do you guys need any help and so just go, like that huh? and Adi was like get over here now I have to talk we have to... I can't do this right I'm like oh my god okay so I you know I I met with Adi and they're like yeah we Apple has a vision he wants to start with Harana go all the way to hip-hop cover every genre in between dancing singing the whole caboodle I'm like oh, oh my god are you kidding me so at, at the point at that time I didn't hardly any know anybody unquote in the business but i knew people that had fan bases that we knew would support and i knew that we had to have a mixture of both filipino-american yes. talent and filipino talent yes. so on the filipino side we got martin ogie dessa galeng and becca Godinez. ah right then we had on the filipino-american side we had jeremy passion mm. and legacy and then pcs and then we had a dance. We had a dance group, and then I got Kayamanen to do Kaimanang Lahi yeah. um, to do the largest nickeling. I think there were like eleven sets of bamboos on the Hollywood Bowl stage, <laughs> and they morphed that into a modern dance. Afterward, this group, right? But it, and then we had Nicole Scherzinger, yeah, and so that. At the end, it was the Black Eyed Peas, and the, my my two MCs were Vanessa Hudgens and Lou Diamond Phillips. The Black
0: Eyed Peas performed.
1: The Black Eyed Peas performed with Nicole taking Fergie's spot, yeah. and they did. And everybody from I could see the congen Up and down, and she was dancing up in the, in the front row. I was. It was. There were. We brought fourteen thousand people to the Hollywood Bowl first time ever that the Filipino audience so and the thing was uh, yeah. I would go into the audience beforehand and there would be these people that were passing trays of food like here's a tray of taron going like around Like, what did we do here what's going on but it was wonderful but I mean, it was I mean, absolutely
0: what was regret. the what was the ambience like the festivity of having Filipinos celebrate?
1: nothing like I've ever seen before Man. in my entire life I I I mean, people had the ABS CBN concerts where they would, you know, Uh, the ASAP concerts something like that, and they'd fill up the forums. Something. This was completely different because there was a Filipino American representation in in the in the lineup, and everybody everybody loved it. We had the Harana Kings, the original Harana guys from. There was a film about them. They were, you know, they came down from San Francisco and they performed. Sadly, one of the 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 has passed, but to have that lineup and to have it mean something. To the community, yes, as well as to the artists that performed. I said, watch it because I was telling Martin before the show. I said, you have to be careful because the sound, the sound. If you're a performer on stage, the sound that you hear goes up yeah. and then it comes back down. So it's very tricky, right, to perform at the Hollywood. If you're not used to that, my so, God. So, so here's the here's the. Oh, am I blowing your mind already? Okay, so here's the kicker, right? Um, during the production, I had, I, okay, that took me eight months to produce. I started in January, it was done in, in August. We had the show in August. In July, Audie comes to me and says, um, Apple's thinking of starting a foundation and we want you to run it.
0: Just like that, huh? I'm like, <laughs>
1: I'm
0: like Are you one
1: crack? <laughs> what are you drinking? Where's the camera? Is somebody paying you? I'm like, What the hell? Like, you know. And so, just shut him up. I'm like, okay, bring it on. And I didn't know, but he was, he was, he, he was <laughs> like, oh my god, we're actually doing this. We're actually freaking doing this. This is 2012, 2000. Well, anyway, so we <laughs> Apple started his foundation. So the Apple, the app. Internet, the Apple the App Foundation International was started in L.A. So you had to run the whole 501c3
0: application, all that stuff?
1: We did all that. We filed the paperwork. We were incubated by the Entertainment Industry Foundation, EIF. That's where, like, Tom Cruise... Yeah, has yeah, yeah. We were, we were incubated for a while. But then, you know, we we broke free, and we were... So the the odd thing... I don't, I don't want to... The weird thing is the year after, I think, in 2013, that's when Typhoon Haiyan hit. Mm. The biggest typhoon to yeah. hit the Philippines right and who did they call for Apple
0: did you so guys have Apple. any skinny that a year later this storm is gonna come we need to build a foundation because a year from now
1: no clue so here <laughs> so again this is fate right this is my yeah. like, law of affectivity, right so Apple was invited to do concerts at Carnegie uh, Madison Square Garden with like Jennifer Hudson and blah mm-hmm. blah blah and then we did the chair Calvin from KTLA did the very first telethon ever in KTLA history to benefit
0: the victims (laughs)
1: victims of of Typhoon Haiyan. I I brought my friend Mark Dacascos. He's a chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron Man. Yes. uh, The chairman of Iron Iron Man. Iron Chef America. And we met um, Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh. He came out. Billy Ray. Billy Ray Ray Cyrus. Uh, Do we have to go? Is that time up? Yeah, we can leave (laughs) now. No, no, no. Um, But then we also, I also they wanted me to produce a, a concert at the Greek Theater. First time in Greek Theater. And that's the very first time I met AJ Raphael and Joe Coy. Okay. This was in 2014. Long be- Well, the second time, I take that back. 2014, okay. 2012, Joe Coy performed at Hollywood Bowl, but I didn't see him again until 2014. So still
0: up and coming?
1: Still up and coming at the time,
0: yeah. Both of them?
1: Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because AJ
0: hasn't broken the internet uh, during this time in Not 2014, yet, yeah. no.
1: In past years, <laughs> she's up to like a million plus you. YouTube followers right? and stuff like that. Yeah, he's in, hes insane. So, for the next ten years, I've been helping Apple with his this foundation, and you know, we've brought medical equipment to the Philippines because you know, I don't know if people know this, but Apple legally is legally blind. blind. He's legally blind. He has a a condition that he was born with called nystagmus. So, his—if you look carefully, his eyes go like I mean, he has to—he has to hold his cell phone like you know, this close to be able to to read. To it. read. So we brought. There's a condition in children called retinopathy of prematurity. where So you
0: really can't drive.
1: That's why the very first world tour of the black-eyed peas, they had, to, they had to carry the same stage around, and they built it every single venue because that was, he knew from memory. right. But that, okay, I can't go past there, yes. otherwise I'm going to fall off the stage. Yes. So every single time the black-eyed peas played on their first world tour it was the same stage.: Amazing. I mean, and you see him doing back flip, back flips, and he's like, you know, break and breaking. And uh, that was all because he knows that that's where I have to do that. Otherwise, the when amount, you to, the amount of, it off the right? The <laughs> amount
0: of trust you have to give your staff. If, and it,
1: if you look carefully at some of the old videos of him, you see him leaning heavily on Fergie. Fergie would be the one to sort of okay, let's uh, thing here.
0: Oh my god!
1: You have to kind of see, but yeah.
0: Did you tour, yeah. did you did you go on tour with them? No. There's no need for
1: me to. Do, I was. We were busy doing Hayan stuff. So Apple pulled in probably a, a couple of million um, from all the concerts he was involved in, and he actually went to Tacloban, right, with a box of cell phones. He was like handing them out to people. He was calling people's relatives in the states for these guys, for the the residents of Tacloban. You know, so, but that's who he is, right? I mean, that he his first and foremost is that he's Filipino. So, and his story is amazing as well, right? what are the ch- I, I tell people this story what are the chances that you're born with um an eye problem what are the chances that um you grow up with not knowing who your dad is what are the chances that you find somebody uh, you find a um uh, blame me what are the chances that you find help through one of those um it's a, it's a pearl buck foundation who is lining up you know those commercials like, yeah, like like World Support, Vision, yeah. yeah right how, what are the chances that they found a matching person here, Joe Ben Hudgens, who adopted Apple? What are the chances that Joe Ben Hudgens was the friend of Will I. Am's aunt? What are the chances that Apple and Will would ever meet? Okay? What are the chances that they would form the Black Eyed Peas, right? And then what are the chances that Apple, who he, being who he is, would form a foundation to benefit kids and his other Cubabians back in the Philippines. Where does that even happen? Where did who, who writes who makes that stuff up? You can't make you can't make it that up. stuff up. So some, I believe, divine Design, intervention yeah. is guiding him to yeah. do all this stuff, and that's what drew me to him as a person, and that's why I felt so passionate about helping. Even even your story,
0: even your story, your story—the story that you just shared with us now—if. That nudge from Fritz did not happen. I would, <laughs> I
1: would have not been as fulfilled in my soul as I would be in my pocket. And you wouldn't have Wallet. met Apple as well. Correct. That's why things happen for a reason. Things happen for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things happen things, things happen for a reason. So that's why I'm you know I'm thankful that I'm, you're giving me this form to share these stories.
0: Now, do because we let the question now becomes if we get philosophical, do we allow things to happen for a reason? Or is it in our control to prevent things from happening because of reason? Both. Explain. Like, why did Why did you not say no to Fritz? Because at the time,
1: I thought, mm. who would ever say no to an opportunity to work with somebody who has connections?
0: But then again, that was a part right? of your job description.
1: Correct. Um, but at the time,
0: <laughs> why would anybody say no? He was,
1: at that time, he was, like, probably one of the most influential. Oh, okay, if he went, community if leaders, he went to another right?
0: paralegal. Well,
1: it, wasn't, it wasn't known as a paralegal for him at that time. I was just somebody who was helping, who had helped Asian American Studies do their gala. And or, then somebody went ah, to that gala and they recommended me to do the, the veterans see, gala. See, because
0: so. of, because, it, was it because you were also proactive or you were right place, right time?
1: Probably, that's again fate if you mm-hmm. want to do it that way. But I think part of it was because I was in the legal environment, um, my skill set was a little bit more refined. Like I knew how to do things on a deadline. I had to be organized, otherwise, this was going to fall through. The attorney needs this by this. But, 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 you know, I, there are deadlines that I could meet, you know. So all of that experience kind of honed my work ethic.
0: Being deadline driven. Was that innate, or did you have to develop that? Um, Is that part culture? Is that um,
1: being deadline driven? Well, mm, yes and no. Um, because I was the only kid, I had a lot of. Exactly,
0: I was going to say right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I grew up knowing in the back of my mind that I would be the ultimate one responsible for taking care of my parents in their old age. So I had no back up so yes I had better be on my quote unquote A game as a son so I could take care of my folks and if that meant working 90 hours a week if that meant fulfilling my other desires to produce and direct and, and elevate Filipino or Filipino American talent so be it that was that was that turning point of that second show Dog Eaters this is what I, I, I want this is what I want to do
0: that's very Filipino wish, your you mindset nayon. Remember we were well, talking ing- about. It was ingrained that you know. Oh, what's the thing? You're gonna yeah. take care of us. Well, I, they would say that,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I would think, yeah, okay. right, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to Harvard, or I'm going to, you know, move out of here. Like, no, I couldn't, I couldn't, I could never do that, as, as an only kid to my. But parents. you know,
0: it's so nice That's Let's let's a divine inter intervention. You could never do that. You gave that up. But then again, yung pinalit sa'yo is so priceless. The the thing that replaced it, the, the thing that replaced Harvard or being in law school mm. or being a lawyer, diba? Mm. What, what what they gave you was the ability not only to help f- your fulfillment or your soul, but to help other people's souls as well.
1: Well, hello, this is full circle. Your dude, Michael Abad, who I met at the UPAGLA, University of the Philippines Alumni Association of Greater Los Angeles. God, what an acronym! <laughs> you know, <I> <laughs> oh, <laughs> we how, gonna, how we, did you
0: how did you invite
1: me? We were gonna we were gonna pull together a a, a theater company and call it Philippine American Repert- the- Repertory Theater. <laughs> Welcome to Part. May I help you, please? <laughs> no. And somebody better not take that because I've trademarked that name. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> fart.
1: <laughs> so I met you, I met your your, your co producer Michael at oh, a yeah. uh, Upagla event. Right? Where was I going with this story? No, no, no. faith. Full circle. All right. Like so, touching people's so, lives. Yeah. Okay. So I started a scholarship for my mom. Uh, so my mom graduated from the University of the Philippines, the very first class of the School of Social Welfare. Wow. 1952. I still have her Philippine son, which is the yearbook. Right? By the way, yeah. Uh,
0: Michael and his wife, Ives, aren't even from UP. Punyata. Uh, that's fate. <laughs> Go on. They weren't supposed to be
1: there. So, I don't know why they were there. Why were you there? Anyway, um, So, I decided, and the president of Upagla, Evelyn, has been saying, you know, can you do something? I said, well, I've always wanted to sort of do a scholarship. I wanted to kind of give back in my mom's name and set up a scholarship so that other kids, right. you know, other students can finish and... Because you know, I, I know people are like social work, social welfare. That's like, who does that? You know, like, but literally, they are the first caregivers. Wow! After the nurses and the doctors, they're the ones that take care of the soul—not only the physical stuff, but the mental and yeah. the healing of, yeah. of, of individuals and kids and all that stuff. So, even and that's, not
0: not not just the healing, but if they're really gonna go. Yeah. Even the whole well, hospice uh the whole hospice. Thing. But yeah. So
1: my mom worked for 40 years for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles as okay. a social worker as a social worker in uh, Catholic charities. Okay. So I've seen her you know the um the joy of giving a doll to a little girl who's never had one or of giving a fam, giving family a, a voucher, a meal voucher so they can take their you know buy groceries yeah. or have a, there's nothing in the world as tangible as giving Amen. of yourself or giving to somebody. Yes. and Because my mom always said, you know, t- there are worse there are people that are a lot worse off than you are in your life, just keep that in the back of your head. And so that's always stayed with me. And I guess that's part of that philanthropy is why I was drawn towards what Apple was doing with his foundation and why a lot of the stuff that I tried to do with entertainment has a philanthropic component to it, right? Because yeah, that's full well and good to make money or to, you know, but if I can, I, I always say I live at the corner of entertainment and philanthropy, right? So if there's a way that I can make that intersection light up with whatever job I'm doing, show I'm producing, you know, I'm going to do it.
0: When you wake up in the morning, do you think of the next show? Do you think of the next project? Or do you just wait for it to come to you?
1: Both. A little of both. Um, so Rex and I started. Rex, Rex is Rex Sampaga, okay. Yeah, so Rex and I uh, started producing shows at the John Anson Ford Theater. Um, it's an outdoor amphitheater, 1,200 seats. And we did our first, I did the, I did how a do
0: you guys talk like you and Rex because Rex is also very animated, but it's frickin' frack mutton jeff.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: We're gonna have Rex on the (laughs) podcast also, but how do you guys? But because we met at UCLA,
1: so we're all we're we're all UCLA Bruin uh, people, and we did, so we did PCNs (laughs) together, and actually he and my best friend August they founded the group Denig UCLA Denig, which is the vocal group, and it's so funny because people the UCLA students they want him to speak at events because he's the founder of Denig and blah blah blah. blah. It's it's great, it's wonderful. But wait, August August who? Espiritu. Okay. Dr. August Espiritu. So, but what people don't know about, and you'll get into this with Rex, right? Is that he used to manage. Rex used to manage? He used to manage a group, Calapana, not Calapana. He used to manage a group with my, uh, Daniel Ho. I forget the name, He's going to kill me if I don't remember. But he used to manage.
0: Not Calapana. No,
1: no, no. no um, it, was a, it was a jazz group okay. that, that traveled all over the place. And, he's a, and he plays bass and, and stuff like that. But so Rex and I started producing shows at the John Anson Ford. Okay. And that's an applic- That was done through the LA County, of arts. So we had to apply every year, and I think we did like six or seven. But I had brought over the over the course of the years. I started I started doing um, Hawaiian um, Pacific Islander acts because they were telling me, Ted, we don't have any Hawaiian. There's no representation. In in, in, in this So you know, we did cosmopolitan. So I'd had everybody from uh, um, Michael Paulo, Katendig, um, near de Leon. Oh, my God. You know, I had um, the the women of jazz. So we had uh, Nicole David. Yeah. Mon David. Uh, um, we had Becca We've- Godinez. We had Louis Reyes. Yeah. Alma Silos. Yeah. You know, then we did the Youngins. We did, like, Mitchell. What's his name? Mitch, Mitch Smith. We did. All of we, this, huh? All I this mean, stuff. Yeah. So... So, And then we started, and then I started doing Hawaiian stuff. So I had the brothers Casimiro, I brought um, Natalie I, I brought Amy Hanai Gilliam, I brought Willie K, Uncle Willie K. <laughs> to to I was driving around, it's like I, I, lost, I lost a string. Can we go to like the guitar center? I'm like, whatever. So we, we did, but it was a way to bring underrepresented groups, including the Filipinos, to that venue because it's a 1,200 seater outdoor venue in summertime. Who wouldn't want to? Very right, good. so I did a show there. My last show there was 2021, 20. Wait, what's wait, last year? Was it last year? 2020. 2021, I think. It's called Pinoytainment, Pinoytainment, and it, it has been kicked from 20, 2019 to 2020, and I still had the same. Right, so I so I debuted Ruby Ibarra. Uh-huh. Apple performed
0: Rubia, yeah, from I had, Vegas, Is, oh no, San Francisco. No,
1: it's from San Francisco, San Francisco, yeah. I mean
0: one of the best rappers I
1: had a young J.R. De Guzman you know the uh, the comedian comedian. I had Rex Navarrete you know I had Vijay Rosales I had Jules Aurora I had AJ Rafael he was the MD of the band and stuff like that and people went crazy they loved it because they were pent up for two years you know and to be able to see Filipinos represented on stage you know and one of the patrons said she had to go reach for her her inhaler because Rex Navarrete made her laugh so much (laughs) that she was about to pass out I'm like I didn't know he could do that, but okay. Good for you that you brought your inhaler
0: with you. right Max is so, so nice. He's very my bad.
1: So we're now duplicating Jasmopolitan, which is a show that we did. We're now doing... Okay, so...
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Dr. Lourdes Capelon.
1: Go. Again. So last year was Martin Rivera's 40th anniversary. So
0: at the Disney...
1: I did it at Walt... Well, I, I Whose idea was it? Because I didn't want to do it at... You know, okay... If you've never been to Walt Disney Concert Hall, it is specifically designed for acoustics. Right. Right, because that's where the L.A. Phil performs. Yes. It is so wonderful, because Leia's performed there twice. I've seen her there twice. And her voice sounds immaculate. Not only pristine, but immaculate. Time
0: I out. Time out. Uh. <laughs> so, you and Martin have been friends for a while. You knew that it was going to be his 40th. hmm And this was your idea, to do it at the... Walt Disney Theater in downtown. Walt Los Disney A- Concert Hall. Concert hall, in, concert hall in downtown Los Angeles. Correct. You probably woke up one morning, thinking, "Uh huh, I'm gonna do this." What was going through your head? That's what I want to know.
1: I'm like, okay, so
0: I was and Martin thinking. did not have any idea that this was in your head, or did he?
1: No. Okay, go. No. Um, I'm I'm thinking it's his fortieth year. Forty years, forty years, right? Then he's brought so much joy to millions of people around the world right. let me do something special for this guy who has done so much for the community and for his couple you
0: don't own the walt disney concert hall i you're wish not, i did you're not martin Rivera's manager Nope. you're yeah. you're you're a friend who had an idea i'm just setting it up for everybody because while other people are thinking of ideas and then excuses to not do the ideas you actually had this in your head and made it happen so i'm just setting it up that this could have been done by any friend but go ahead okay so the way this
1: works is as follows okay the la phil the la phil organization yeah, yeah. owns three venues owns and operates three venues the john anson ford theater the hollywood bowl and the walt disney concert hall okay in the off season in the off season which is usually summer months june july august and september the Walt Disney Concert Hall defaults back to the ownership of the music center. Right. I don't know if people know that, but there's a distinct, there's a difference in terms of what happens during summer. Okay. So I had to apply. I had to apply to, to, See, to this get is, this. This is your heart speaking. To get this venue. Because they, in the application, they ask you, well, what have you done? Who have you worked with? I need reference. They need, it was a whole king caboodle. I had to basically unzip my fly and show them what I got and okay. what I did. Right. I had to prove that I could bring, right? So they said yes. Wow. And the executive producer was a wonderful woman named Rosie Chua, who was also one of Martin's good friends. And I said, I told Rosie, I said, I'm not doing anything for Martin unless it's at the Walt Disney Concert Hall. This has to be a very special concert, um, both vocally, the presentation, as well as an experience for the audience. And sure enough, it was. I mean, so one of the things that I said, how are we going to make this special? Um, and I thought to myself, I need to get testimonials. I need to get videos from Martin's closest friends congratulating him on this. Event. So the, so I got so me and, and Joy, uh, Martin's uh, manager. Martin manager, we so at one point, so at one point we were going to play this videotape. But I said, you know, it's missing Apple. So I, t- I-, I told Apple, I said, can you make it? Can you come and just thank Martin? And so he walks out, Apple walks out. The audience is like, <laughs> Martin's like, this is not in the script. What are you doing here, right? <laughs> Apple gives his thanks, thank you, Martin, in person. And then he goes, by the way, there's some friends that want to say hello. So the first one was like Belito Corrales. And then it goes oh. to the, the first, then it goes to um, uh, uh, Martin, Coco Martin. Then it goes to Ogie and. Regine, and then it goes to Susan Anton, then it goes to Lumen Diamond Phillips, and it goes to Manny Pacquiao, then it goes to Ariel Rivera, and it goes to Sharon Conetta, then it goes to it goes to Gary Vee, and it ends up with Leia Salonga. So I think Martin sort of, and uh, Becca Godinez was in that, sorry so I don't want to forget you. I think Martin was affected because he came back off stage, and I could just tell that he was a little bit teary-eyed. But then he had to go back out and sing about his dad, right? And then, wow. And so... When he sang about his dad, then everybody in the audience was going to it. But yeah. the, the one thing about that concert, aside from the fact it was 40th, was that he allowed his boys, Santino, Robin, and, and Ram. Ram, to literally get the torch. He literally passed the torch onto the next generation of the virus. And what was so wonderful is because and not too many people know, unless they've watched the podcast, your, your podcast, is that Santino's on the spectrum. Yes. Right? And for him to play the drums at the Walt Disney Concert Hall, the way he did, as professional as he did it, with the band, was absolutely amazing.
0: I heard that from Robin, yeah.
1: it. it I, everybody in the audience I, I who could feel the tangible excitement in Incentino's playing cried. I mean, there was not... I mean, that, that was a special concert in general, but just for the fact that Martin literally gave them torch to carry on did he sing
0: with a mic or
1: he didn't sing he played the drum
0: no 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 martin did martin oh
1: martin yeah martin robin and ram sang by Mm -hmm. the way because because of the acoustics by the way ram can sing oh better than robin i'm like i didn't say that i did not say that audience i did not say that
0: no 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 robin and i (sighs) talked about we were like because because ram draws well he's an artist and and you know
1: but you know who told me that pops told me that Oh, Pops said, "What? Listen to Ram sing." I'm like, "Oh my god!" So did Bob
0: tell you this before the 40th anniversary, mm-hmm. and you didn't ask a video from her? Ah, mm-hmm. We did. <laughs> and, well, no, no, we asked from uh, some other people that
1: you know. Okay. either they didn't have time. You know, they didn't have time and they couldn't. So
0: okay, wait, so when you presented this so, to Martin,
1: I said, "No, I just said you're." we I got the Walt Disney Concert Hall. Amazing. Oh my god. Yeah, because at the end of at the end of Leia's speech, uh, in Leia's speech, she goes, you're having a great time. The Walt Disney concert hall is known for its acoustics, which you're probably having a great deal of, of fun with, blah, 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 blah. So it
0: was it was awesome. You make it sound easy, but this is hard work. And you do this well, for... took your...
1: me eight months to produce it. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, but you do this for your friends. You do this for people you love. Pwede namang hindi. You don't have to, but you do this. Okay, so you have...
1: So now that I told you that my focus was honed. And so here is my mission vision, to produce, present, um, or to elevate the talents of Filipinos, Filipino Americans, and Asian Americans in all genres, whether that be live concerts, events, film, television, radio, CDs, recordings, publications, magazines, the Amazing. whole king caboodle. That's what I want to do. That has been the focus of why I do this. Is i want to elevate our profile
0: and there's a sense of an there's a sense of angst when 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 we kind when you wanted to talk about this offline or i i could i could sense your giggle i could sense your angst why 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 is it there why is the fire so oh because now especially now after easter sunday after Easter
1: Sunday yes. okay just between you and me and the people that are watching you the know I, on the wall. <laughs> um, I was expecting a little bit more from that movie than I thought it was gonna yeah. be when I saw it but having said that that ceiling has been sort of cracked right. right right Joe and the people that did that movie mainstream have brought these characters and our culture to a mainstream audience right that's the foundation so now let's build Build. What's next in the in music? You've got Gabby Wilson, her, Olivia Rodriguez, yes. Bruno Mars—they've all won Grammys, right? And and Gabby's won an Oscar.
0: Yep, her has won an Oscar yep. for
1: her work, right? And she is getting offers left and right to do musicals. Even her, build.
0: by the way, is Filipino. Huh?
1: Gabby. I'm sorry, Gabby Wilson is her name. Uh, yeah, I. But it's her. H e r. To
0: people, sorry. To people who, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, and there's. Uh, so what's the next? What's the next level? Leia mm. uh, blows my mind. Okay. She broke it. Wait. So she. She's now coming. She's doing. There's a new production of Here Lies Love, which is a musical that was written by um, David Byrne from um, Talking heads. Uh, the what is it? Talking Heads. Talking Heads. Right and Fat Boy Slim, out of based out of London. That's about the life of Emilda, mm. right? So Leia's starring in it. Wow. On Broadway, they. Not only that, she's a producer of the the, the musical, right? So if she wins a Tony as a producer, that's another will, feather on right, her. But, but and they've gutted the entire theater to make room for this huge disco dance floor. It's going to be amazing, right? And it's got Jose Lana oh and it's God. got Connor Ricamora. And the, cast, so the cast is Filipino. The producers are Filipino. I think the director might even be Filipino. I don't even know. Just, but the uh, so where's where's the next? You know, it's like in sports. Mm. There are Filipinos. Okay, not to brag or anything, but my grand nephew. If you look him up, his name is Anthony Volpe. V O L P E. He's a, he's a he's my grand nephew because his Lolo, his Anthony Lola oh. is my cousin. Cushin. Okay, right. He just made the Yankees. He's the first Filipino-American to make make the Yankees. Right? We have, you know, Leila Fernandez, who's Filipino-Canadian. We have, you know, on American Idol, Tyson Venegas is top 24. And he's Filipino-Canadian. So it's like, yes, the floodgates are open. So let's get our talent in there. Right. Let's get our community in there. You know, we need people to understand that the depth of our talent is limitless.
0: And we need to amplify that.
1: And what's more more is we need... uh, I'm just gonna say this. I don't care if they sue me or not. So, Kevin Kwan wrote the book Crazy Rich Asian. Yeah. Okay. He wrote another book called Sex and Vanity. You know who's directing that? It's a hundred. It's over a hundred million dollar budget. Diane Paragas. She's <laughs> the director of the film The Yellow Rose that ava Noblezada. Yeah, 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 my, yeah. She's directing that film. We have a Filipino American directing the very first hu- humongous budget, budget. film. <laughs> For a major studio sony right and that's coming so it's like okay the floodgates are opening let's let's get in there let's get our talent behind the scenes let's get the producers the writers the directors the actors let's get let's let's just open the floodgates and show the world how i mean you've got people like bella porch and so so and then you've got um influencers and blogsters i mean it it, it it's Let's go. Let's when, do it. When let's, does it get frustrating? So it's not, so it's not just, it's, it's not really, it's not that I'm, I have angst or that it's ur- it's urgent. It's just like, now is a good time.
0: Right. But then again, to, to line everybody up, that gets frustrating sometimes, right? No, but people are doing it on by, by themselves. But by themselves is different from, let's do it by, you know, the, the it's better to be interdependent, eh, as opposed to.
1: It's better to know the business. Yes. If, for example, if you are getting into the music business, as a songwriter, so like that, then you better know how to music publish, right? And protect your IP, right? You better know. That's why I remember what I do not know if you remember, but the early days of YouTube, when people started posting originals, nobody, everybody would steal them because there, there was no protection. Yes, right. If you're in, if you're writing a book, you better know how to do copyright. You better know how to get a book published, what the royalty what your obligations are. If you're an actor, you better know the rules of equity or SAG, or after you better know the business because show business is a business
0: and it's dog eat dog
1: it can be it, it can, be. can It can be right so but now is a good time now is a great time to be Filipino and Filipino American
0: advice Hello. for advice no. no because because when you just said that now is a good time to be Filipino and Filipino American and when I go back because when I met you you've been doing this already you, you had momentum when I met you and this was like 20 years ago so you've you've come a long way from where you started from where you're from when your epiphany started to this point that you and I are having this conversation
1: okay I'll give you that
0: it's a long road but then again your excitement is still there because I believe in our talent our why, pen- okay again. why didn't you give up when when because 30 years you've been doing this what 20, 20 something years almost 30 well,
1: 20-something. Don't date me. 20-something <laughs> years, punyata. <laughs> oh, there we go again.
0: ano <laughs> eh.
1: Okay. I just believe in the talent pool that we have. Okay. I don't know if I could say this or something, but I also believe that there is a proper uh, way to present our talent. I don't know if you, you want to read between the lines go right ahead what you're saying but I don't kind of want situations where if I'm putting up an artist for the first time for example and you know there's people that are seeing this artist for the very first time and they want to like him but like you said before the sound is effed up or maybe they're not wearing the same things or there wasn't a rehearsal done or if it's a young kid that you know people want me to help produce but it she has no vocal training and she's screeching she's gonna blow out her voice by the time she hits puberty i don't i don't i don't want that i want the best effort that our artists can give and provide because that's the way others look at us i'll give you one example right there was somebody invited me to a filipino concert it was at the shrine auditorium Mm, the shrine yeah This is where they had the Emmys and the Oscars a long time ago. I walked in and it was like Palenque. There was DJs, Babinka. I mean, there were there were like advertisements that were. I'm like, oh, I get it. No wonder mainstream doesn't take us seriously because look what they walk into. Yes, this is how you expect to present our artists. I agree. You know, that's just a bias on, on my I think, but Philippine. I mean, Americans artists don't do that. You know, there's, there's a way to present Filipinos by, Filipino artists, but retaining some sort of identity. Yes, right. But and respecting your sponsors and blah blah. blah. There's ways to do that, but we don't want to give none a, a less than perfect. Vision to non filipinos or mainstream yeah. of who we are. Because we're
0: capable, naman mean? Tayo eh. I mean, we're capable of going mainstream and presenting mainstream because that's what you've been doing. Well, here's an example. I just went to Tia
1: Carrer's show at Vibrato. Oh my God! I had no idea she could do this. Right? She's saying, she's saying jazz and pop standards, and she's saying rock, and she just it was it was it was a full house. People didn't know what to expect. Right? And because. Most people don't know T is a two-time Grammy Award winner, but she won for best Hawaiian language album CDs with her friend Daniel Ho. Right, so to hear her do "What'll I Do," you know the the or, or "I have Got a Crush on You," or she sang a, she sang Blondie's "Heart of Glass" to a calypso beat. Wow, you know, or she sang um, the Doobie Brothers. Listen to the music, or and then she also sang some Hawaiian music, which yeah. probably has never even been performed at Vibrato before. I mean, singing Aloha Oi at vibrato
0: it'll blow you away
1: oh my god you know it's like and but that particular song because you know, that song is really significant right. to hawaiian people but again she's fully take and she was taking advantage of that to teach the audience about lang- hawaiian language like pua means flower you know or nani means beautiful uh, that i love that that that's so that's so innate to her right so we have to be able to take advantage of these situations and, and be able to put a spotlight on our performers, whether they're behind the scenes or in front of the scenes and behind the cameras and you know all that stuff. But it has to be, I think, done in a way that people can appreciate it. We still retain our identity, but it doesn't look like basura. I, don't, I, I can't no, explain. No, 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 I, don't it, that,
0: I, can't, it, I can't explain you what are, that is. You are very, very clear, by the way. I'm, it's it's very cohesive. Now, point mo. As a mover and shaker, as an influential, you are as an influential person. Why don't you invite other producers to have a roundtable conversation? To Mm-mm. why and why not?
1: No, because I respect where everybody's. From, and i respect everybody's vision as producers. But in moment, you're
0: not going to trample on their vision or where they are. You're no, just gonna- I
1: respect everybody. We're, okay, so what i've learned is in this community different people do things in a different way. Okay. I have to respect that. That's where their that's where the strength of these producers. That's what they bring to the table. Right. Right. I so since my vision is more focused on american born filipinos entertainment, there are tons of producers that will bring in people that are born in the Philippines, right? I don't need to do that. What I need to focus on are the talents that were born and raised here, right? But to get an audience that is mixed, I have to have a mixed bag of performers. So, for example, I am doing another show at the Walt Disney Concert Hall this year. It's Jazzmopolitan, okay? I have- Well no, this is this is the three? first time we'll be this will be the fifth time. Fifth time,
0: oh wow. Yeah. The first time somehow did the concert. Uh,
1: the first the first four were at the John Anton Ford yeah. Theater. I actually had Rafi Lopez, you know the guy from yeah. ABI. He was playing the guitar. I didn't know Rafi anyway. <laughs> so we're mixing it up a bit. So I have three Filipino Americans, Michael Paolo, who used to be the saxophonist for Al Jarreau for 10 or 15 years right he has his he's bringing his band then I have a wonderful uh, singer named Melissa Morgan she's Filipino American she went to the Berklee School of Music she competed in the Thelonious Monk Jazz competition came in number two and I have a young kid named Chris Chapman who is absolutely he's like Phil M also he's Phil but he sings like Maxwell he sings like Maxwell so to buttress them I have two non-Filipino acts the first one is Peter White who's a guitarist he's a kind of, but my the headliner, I can't wait, is a group Ooh. by the name of Take Six. How'd you get Take Six? I asked them. Well, take okay, here's the thing. I wanted the Manhattan Transfer, because this year was the Manhattan Transfer's 50th anniversary. They weren't available, so the same manager said, "Well, I have Take Six. I'm like, oh my God, you have Take Six. So <laughs> I don't know if people know, but Take Six is the original. They are the original acapella yeah. group. They're yeah. Brian McKnight's brothers, yeah. you know, and yep. so I have them. They're coming this show at the Walt Disney concert I'm like so stoked right so we want to be able to mix it up we want to be able to present Filipino along with mainstream talent why not we can do it
0: to right. that point to that point no Time why not asking just ask in statement that just ask you money Michael know and that's what other people have that's what you've been doing to other people as well.
1: Because that's what was done to me. Fritz just asked. That's all people had to do. We just have to ask. So as a producer, right, you just ask and I give you one of two answers. No. And then I move on. Or yes. Okay, let's talk. What can you bring to the table? Well,
0: Why are people afraid to ask?
1: I have no idea.
0: This episode is brought to you by ABBA Services.
1: No no idea. But that's what was done to me. Somebody just asked. They asked of my time, they asked of my talent, or they asked of my treasure. Uh, God rest you, Uncle Roy. That was the thing. You <laughs> give time, talent, or treasure to the community. Right. But you just have to ask.
0: Is the work done? define work your work your your passion mm. your, your goal your mission your no vision.
1: I still want to I still have books to write I have uh, plays to produce I have movies to film and uh, to collaborate with no I want to explore other genres because I want to explore other ways that we can exploit the talents of our Filipino our Filipino artists here so, I have a couple of projects in the works, which I'm not at liberty to say, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they, they're going to the next genre. Are you,
0: are you still doing your day job? Of course. So, kailangan pa rin?
1: I work as a paralegal for a biopharmaceutical company. So, we make drugs. But good drugs. Punyata. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, we're trying to... Okay, in all fairness, we are, tr- we are trying to cure diabetes, we are trying to okay, cure cancer, right. we are trying to... I said... Forget that. Give me a drug for male patent baldness bon- 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 <laughs> and give me a drug for erectile dysfunction. Those are the two things I need. You can cancer and diabetes, you know. I don't really but you still do that? But yes, I do that. Because of what? It's still, I need to fill I need to fill my wallet. Yeah. Producing and directing fills my soul. There's got to be, I'm a Libra. I was born in October, so I have to have balance okay, okay, okay. in my life, right? I Correct. Have to have balance.
0: Are you right. fulfilled?
1: <laughs> in terms of
0: what you're doing now
1: for the community for yourself for myself
0: because no. every every conversation we have we've had has always been for the community you've been deflecting it about yourself so my question to you is are you fulfilled for yourself
1: i don't think i could ever be fulfilled in its entirety i think it what happens with me i've noticed is it's on a project by project basis what i what i told martin is because I produced Martin at the, at the Johnson's for I said, look, for me, success when I do an event is, one, did the audience enjoy themselves? Did they have fun? Could they relate? You know, was there laughing, singing? In some cases, somebody needs an inhaler, you know? And then the second thing is, well, did the artists have fun? Did they enjoy the experience that I was giving them to, because as producers, all we do is just provide the platform. Yeah. Right? We did, we, because in this business, you can't fake talent. That's yes. the second thing, right? So. You know, did they have that? So, if the answer to both is yes, then I am fulfilled because I've done my duty. I've done my job. But if they say, like, you know what, maybe we could have done this better, I'm like, absolutely, bring it on. This is not the way, you know, I, there's no finite way of doing things. I can only improve with each project that I bring to the table. Right? I mean, you have to. That's growing, that's learning. Nobody ever stops growing or learning no, in their no. entire life. So, I learn, I'm a sponge, I soak up the way things people are do things or their perspectives i mean but i want to go back to your point about why don't all the producers get together and stuff like that I, that would never happen because everybody does things in their own way and their own style and i respect that in fact we need more we need more producers we need more directors we need more of everybody to keep elevating the talent
0: but concern like what you mentioned elevating but if everybody is on the same page to elevate, it doesn't matter what style you do it in right. as long as the goal is to elevate, not to exploit. Because there are there are producers out there who will exploit talent. New kid on the block, that kid will have PTSD in the, in the entertainment industry because that kid will meet, meet a producer who will exploit his or her talent.
1: But that's why you have managers. That's why you have parents. That's Sometimes why you have agents. That's why you have... You know, you have a you. You can't be in, like I said, you can't be in this business unless you know about the business, right? What I'm seeing now is, I'll, I'll to speak to your point. There's some wonderful kids. I'm talking kids,
0: right? Eight, nine, ten, yeah,
1: right. That are screeching their voice out. I mean, I've I've hear I've heard them at different, you know, various events because they aren't properly trained to sing. Right. I know they're going to blow their voice out before they hit I know that I can just see it coming because they're trying to sing songs that are out of their level, out of their range. Right. But they also haven't been given professional guidance. How do you want to sing more importantly? Why do you want to be a singer? What is it about this talent that, that wants you to do this? Why can't you be like a, a skateboard, you know, writer? Or why can't you play the piano? You know, what about singing makes you passionate about why you want to do this? Like, Correct. These kids don't have a clue yet. They're just singing because probably mom and dad say, hey, she's got the voice, let's put her in front of a microphone, right? That's it. And then the money starts rolling and stuff. But if they don't take care of that voice, if they're not trained in how to properly sing, they're not gonna have a career. Because they're gonna they're gonna blow it out soon enough. So yes. so what I'm saying is when you if you're in the business then learn about the business learn you know get that child or whatever before professionals that can train the voice as it grows you know but more importantly you have to kind of ask yourself why am i doing this Because if you don't know why then you're not gonna there's no way you have to have a reason for i mean that's i've seen that in almost every artist that i work with that there's an intensity there's a desire there's um, a passion to, to do what they're doing. Even a purpose. Sometimes a purpose. But sometimes
0: but more, but, a purpose. But more,
1: wow. but more an intensity. Like, um, I was meant to do this. And I love that. Okay. Then I, ke- then I question myself, well, how are you taking <laughs> the steps to ensure that you're going to do that? That you're going to, you know, use right. that, right? And sometimes I've seen them shine. And sometimes I've seen them you know crash and burn you know hopefully it's a learning experience for both of them right i can't give you an artist my you should do this you should do, i never tell an, like i'll never tell an artist what to sing that's always up to really? them really i've never told an artist what to sing i can give a suggestion like hey why don't you do bossa nova but i don't say do the girl from ipanema i'll never do that Huh, I will ne- because that's their liberty, that's their freedom, that's what has made them an artist or a singer or something like that. But I'll never tell an artist what to sing.
0: Even so. if you know that if they sing these specific songs, it'll generate
1: more. It, it, it could be, but okay. So, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm I making you where you're doing. I'm talking about this. I, this. I have not made sense this entire conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked me a while ago They're like I was putting a show I was putting a show together And they said Well Ted who do you want Do you want a singer Or do you want an artist I'm like "Oh,
0: Good oh. question though Different I'm like but, yeah. that's
1: um, Interesting question Yeah I, I, I gotta I gotta evaluate that Um Because singer I guess I was Like what do you mean Well you know An artist is Maybe it's not just a singer, but comes with a vision of how a song should be interpreted, yes, or how it should be performed, or how should it be arranged, right? Not just singing of kono unquote, karaoke Karaoke version version. of of the thing, because singers then are a dime a dozen. I mean, I sing in the bathroom, you know. My neighbors complain a lot, but I still (laughs) sing in the bathroom, right? Versus uh, the perfect example, the the one I'm, I'm, I every time she sings it. She is Leia. Leia Salonga. She is one of the... I, I've seen her in concerts now over the past couple of years. And every time she interprets a song, it, she, it just comes out. She did... She um, owns it. She did Britney Spears' Toxic and as she, a freaking ballad. And she owned it. Yeah. I mean, I was like... Oh, my God. <laughs> you, know, but you see what I'm saying? It's like, yes. there's a way an artist can interpret a song. Yes. Make the adjustments, and it comes out in their own voice that they own, right? You know, and, and that becomes theirs. Like, every time, she does, every time Leia does Fast Car. Fast Car was a, a, an 80s song about escaping abuse. Uh, I forget the name of the artist. Oh, but, uh, Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. Every time Leah does that, I cry because she interprets it right on. She did Aha's take on me as a ballad as a ballad who's t- i'm like oh my god you know but this is this is where she's thinking. An artist, yeah. this is where you know even when martin does stuff you can yes. tell that he's thinking and reinterpreting and representing and refocusing that's what an artist does versus you know someone okay. saying how the way the artist right. sung. so i want to develop <laughs> artists i want to work with artists somebody that has vision guts, chutzpah, you know, willing to take a risk, you know, but keep retaining the Filipinaness and that makes them unique. Right? And there's not that there's not that many people out
0: there. So are you uh, in that regard as a producer, as a director, as a creative? Are you more like don't call me a creator? Because I don't know how to do. Are you more like a singer? Or an (laughs) artist? Um,
1: i would say i'm none i'm the audience i'm the audience because i ultimately i'm the one that's watching the singer artist on the stage i'm the one that's relating to their message i'm the one that's relating to their music i'm the one that's paying the ticket cost i'm the one that wants to support this artist or this singer in future projects i'm the one that i want to tell my friends about hey go watch this this person i'm you know I'm the audience member, ultimately. I'm neither singer nor, nor artist. I'm the appreciator. I'm the one that's getting fulfilled because of their talent, whether it be performing, or on screen, writing a book, when I read Filipino authors, you know, all that stuff. I'm the ultimate audience person. And you have to have that perspective. Because if you're going into something, if you're producing something, you think, okay, I'm, this is the way I'm getting my name out. It's the wrong focus. The the focus always has to be on the talent. The focus always has to be on providing the forum for artists to do what they want to do in the right way, in their own time, in their own way.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ted Benito. cigarette or that is it? That's it. One hour, tw- one hour, 29 done? minutes. That's an